Hey, listeners of the Bio Report, I want to tell you about a new member benefit from the California Technology Council. CTC has teamed with Reprovada to offer members six months of Reprovada's COT Network service for free, which gives companies the power of a VPN at a fraction of the cost. A remote, flexible workforce is the new normal, but most corporate networks aren't built to accommodate work from home at scale. Reprovada's COT Network offers an easily deployable, affordable, and scalable solution to securely enable remote workers and protect the corporate network. To learn more about this and other member benefits, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. to find treatments for the COVID-19 virus has allowed researchers to set aside institutional bureaucracy and companies to apply their technologies in new ways. One example of this is Cypher Medicine's collaboration with Northeastern University's Barabasi Labs, Harvard Medical School, and Network Science Institute. The company is using its artificial intelligence platform to help identify existing therapies that might be repurposed as treatments for COVID-19. We spoke to Alif Saleh, CEO of Cypher, about the collaboration, the approach Cypher is using to identify drug candidates, and how this might expand on the company's business strategy. Alif, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. In the past, we've talked about cipher medicine and its use of artificial intelligence to bring precision medicine to prescription drugs. Today, though, I wanted to talk to you about a project Cypher is involved in to repurpose approved therapies to treat COVID-19. Perhaps we can begin with the case for repurposing existing therapies, particularly when it comes to COVID-19. Yeah, I think the way uh, we think about it, obviously, is how can we identify drugs that are uh, cheap and readily available uh, so that most people can benefit from them. Uh, obviously, there is a there is a pipeline of novel drugs that are in development uh, all over the world. Uh, we thought it was a better approach to look at drugs already in the market approved, preferably generic. Um, that could be repurposed to uh, to treat uh, the disease, and that's why we decided to put that up as our our, our main objective for the project. And who is Cipher working with to do this? So we are working with um, the Barabasi Lab uh, up at uh, Northeastern University and Harvard uh, Medical School, Brigham and Women's Hospital. Um, they are our collaboration partners, and, and I take it. Barbasi is the same as as one of the company's founders. Correct, Dr. Laszlo Barbasi. So, I, yeah, he's a specialist in in network medicine. Is that correct? Is that correct? correct? Yes. So, what is meant by that term, network medicine? So, it's basically um, 
understanding and describing uh, diseases on a molecular level using what is called the interactome, which is the protein network of, of human cells. Uh, Dr. Barabasi and his uh, academic collaborators uh, at Harvard uh, have over a decade developed uh, science and, and a platform that uh, allows us to look at disease uh, in a very astute and, and accurate way using a protein network. And when you look at a disease on, on, on through the, the lens of the protein network, you are able to capture the complexity uh, of a lot of diseases that are diff impossible to capture any other way. So how did the whole project come about? Did he reach out to Cypher? Did Cypher suggest this to him? Well, it was, it was um, I would say, um, uh, indicative of, of how things have gone uh, through this whole pandemic. Um, the Laszlo reached out to us and said that, that there is a group of uh, scientists that are coming together. Uh, to try to solve the problem of, of, of coming up with a generic drug to treat COVID-19. Um, and we said, and he asked us, can you guys help? And we said, absolutely. Um, and it was quite interesting because, um, you know, typically in engaging with Northeastern and, and, and Harvard, that's, you know, a six to nine month process of paperwork. Uh, to, to our surprise, we were asked to jump on a call the same afternoon. Um, and, and we started running calls that are still going, actually, uh, every day at uh, 3 p.m. Uh, a consortium of researchers have, have gone on Zoom calls uh, and, and pushed the project forward. What exactly is Cypher's role in this effort? So we are, we are using our, uh, first of all, some of our resources uh, on the data science and the computational side, uh, and some of our, our infrastructure to uh, to identify drugs that can be uh, repurposed to treat COVID nineteen, so uh, we are participating just as 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 any uh, scientific collaborator in the project. What exactly is the process? Are you starting with some kind of understanding of the protein interactions underlying uh, COVID infection? Yeah. So at a, at a high level. Um, what we wanted to, the, the way we thought about this was, okay, so there are a lot of companies and, and, and uh, research organizations, private uh, or commercial or academic all over the world that are going after kind of COVID-19 drug solutions. Uh, but, but they're all basing a lot of the decisions around which drug to pick was done anecdotally, right? So... Certain drugs have been developed for other viruses. Uh, certain drugs, uh, autoimmune drugs, have been de developed to tamper the inflammation on the back end of, of, of developing the disease. Uh, so let's try it. It should work, right? And it was really, um, from an industry point of view, in the vein of we don't have time, right? So we, so we took a different approach. We sat down and we said, maybe we do have time. Maybe we do have time to build kind of a bottoms-up um, approach to identifying which drugs should work and which drugs shouldn't work, because we now have the tools, AI and network-based tools that have shrunk the bioinformatic part of identifying the best drug dramatically, right? So we said, let's try it. Uh, and I think 
we've been able to show, you know, now we're like 10 weeks later, right? We've been able to show that we shrunk a process that normally takes six to nine months in terms of just crunching data to figure out the most optimal drug before you're taking it to, to, to um, preclinical studies um, down to two weeks, right? And that was quite, quite satisfying to see this group of people coming together and doing something that normally takes months, uh, years in, in a few weeks. Why do you think you were able to compress the time frame so dramatically? First, because the tools are available, the right tools were deployed very quickly, and all the red tape all of a sudden disappeared. Right? Um, everybody realized that we're, you know this is something that needs to be done. We recognized that we had the ability to do it, so let's not spend you know months you know figuring out what the project schedule is going to look like agreeing on a project definition, how we're going to source it, make sure all the paperwork is in order between the various institutions. Let's just do it and jump into it. And how much data was publicly available? Were you able to capitalize on data sharing in any way? Yeah, no, there, there's been a, a set of um, publicly available data sets that, that have come out of various uh, institutions and, and really that we've been, that we've been um, capitalizing on. And really, the, the way we thought about it was we needed to understand or we wanted to understand where the disease is being expressed. Um, so the first question we asked, if we're going to find drugs that can be repurposed to treat the disease, let's figure out, using our network medicine approach and our platform, where the disease is being expressed. And of course, uh, we saw... Um, Things like the respiratory system, that's pretty obvious. Cardiovascular system um, is, is obvious too, or rather supported by other evidence uh, in the field. We also saw a neurological expression of the disease, which can talk to the loss of smell and taste uh, in the community that's been affected. Surprisingly, uh, we also saw expression of the disease in the reproductive organs, which is something that uh, we're, we're watching closely now if, if that's actually something, you know, this is purely bioinformatically data-driven observation. And now we're watching as to if that is playing out in the, in the population as well. And what were you able to find in terms of a world of potential therapies? So we, we identified uh, a number of drugs uh, that potentially can be, be repurposed. Uh, we came up with a ranked list of, of those drugs. Um, and, and the drug mechanisms. Uh, some fell off due to toxicity um, and, and other reasons, but uh, there is, uh, there's a particular list of ranked drugs that we have identified that is now currently being tested um, in various cell lines uh, to, uh, to uh, support uh, a paper submission. And how far are you using AI to actually cull the list? Is there a, a number that you wanted to get down in terms of candidates that were top priorities? Yeah, we, we wanted to get down to um, a top 10 list, if you will, of, of drugs that not only, you know, biologically made sense uh, and, and made sense from a, a lack of toxicity a point of view, but also in terms of availability and, and price, right? meaning we want it to be a generic drug readily available. Um, and AI played a, a crucial part in, in, in combining the network science, the network medicine approach with an AI approach 
was really at the end of the day what allowed us to to get to uh, what we believe is a is a pretty compelling list. One of the more compelling things I've seen with AI used to identify drugs to repurpose, and I'm thinking in the rare disease space here, is the ability to look at combinations of therapies. Were you able to look at combinations at all, or are you looking at single drugs? So we're actually looking at combinations now. Um, so the initial list that came out was single, single therapy treatment. Uh, but we obviously recognize the potential of combinations. So we are, that's where the project is, is at right now, taking this list and seeing if there are some synergetic one plus one equals three or four effects by combining some of the drugs on the list. And does that maybe put drugs on the list that had fallen off the top 10? Yes, yes. Uh, we, have, we have used our network medicine approach to identify how, and this is quite interesting, uh, somewhat in the weeds, identify how, where two drugs actually hit on the, the protein network in relation to each other is a very good indication as to the potential synergetic therapeutic effect of combining those two drugs. So yes, it does start to alter the ranking if you, if you look at it from a drug com- combo uh, lens. Cypher and its collaborators are certainly not the only ones applying AI to finding drugs to repurpose as potential treatments for COVID-19. Any sense whether other AI efforts are coming up with the same list of drugs as yours? I think there is a, um, was, what's the word? Uh, people are kind of gravitating towards um, six or seven assets that, that people are saying yes. Uh, I think people are also gravitating towards a number of drugs that are in studies right now that it's pretty clear they're not going to work. Um, so I don't think necessarily there is one AI group that's getting a different answer. Um, obviously, this is evolving every week these days, uh, but I think we're all gravitating towards the same type of drugs. I'm wondering if this provides any any kind of test the different AI approaches that are out there. Do you think this, this may speak to that in any way? Yeah, I mean, the proof is in the pudding, right? So what's going to happen now is that a lot of these drugs are going to go through biological testing, right? And then I think then after we have that data, we will be able to ascertain as to okay, is there one that's better than the other? Um, yep. And what's the process forward once once you've identified these candidates? What what do your collaborators do? We publish, right? So the, that's that's where we are right now. Um, we want this to become public information. These are generic, readily available drugs. Uh, the commercial value is limited uh, because of the generic nature. So uh, we we want to publish. How does the work on this project compare to what Cypher normally does? So the fundamental uh, engine, right, or platform behind identifying uh, these repurposed opportunities lies in our ability to identify where a disease is actually expressed in a cohort of patients or in an individual patient. And it's that, that ability to kind of develop a cohort a patient cohort disease signature or an individual patient disease signature to then predict which drug could work um, that has allowed us to develop our 
diagnostic test that predicts response to TNF therapy, and also identify repurposed drugs for COVID-19. Well, is this a one-off project for you, or do you think this points to new sources, uh, new efforts down the road that may take Cypher? I do think um, it was envisioned as a one-off project. Um, what we've realized is that um, as part of the project, we've now built uh, a pretty uh, expansive infrastructure and knowledge base around identifying repurposed pro- uh, drugs. And obviously, now you can ask yourself the question, where else, where else would you want to go and look for a repurposing opportunity? Um, and we've already gotten some, some parties expressing interest in using our, our, our pipeline, if you will, that was developed for COVID-19 for that purpose. So, yeah, we're actually right now trying to figure out is, you know, we don't want to put it on the shelf, right? We think it's pretty robust and pretty powerful. What else can we use it for? Alif Salah, CEO of Cypher Medicine. Alif, thanks so much for your time today. Great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.